Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. faithful Filipino valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in a thrilling adventure, blackmail for murder. The Green Hornet strikes again. Every dollar contributed to the National War Fund does a three-way job, helping our fighting men, our allies, and our neighbors on the home front. To our fighting forces, the fund means the continued operation of 3,000 USO clubs and units and USO camp shows to entertain our soldiers and sailors in every combat zone. To our fighting allies, the fund means shipments of food and clothing for those whose lands were stripped by the Nazi invaders before their retreat. And to our neighbors on the home front, it means the maintenance of countless services vital to community health and welfare. Even after victory in Europe, there will still be urgent need for the services provided by the National War Fund agencies. Give generously. This is the only appeal to be made this year. And now, the Green Hornet. back room of a certain roadhouse, Chick Hanley, big-time racketeer, was talking to three of his cronies, who listened intently to the plan he was outlining to them. As all of you know, young Louis Melville, son of the big-shot brokers inside, feeling his drinks. If you put on a real show like I told you, we can shake the kid down for a lot of dough. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, boss. We'll scare the living daylights out of him. Sure, we got it all straight, Chick. Okay. Now, don't forget, Rusty. As soon as he comes in here, you're to pick a fight with him, see? But go easy so that he gets in a good sock at you. I ain't been in the ring for nothing, boss. <laughs> I'll stick my chin right under his mitt so he can't miss it. And drunk as he is, it won't be much of a sock. Yeah, just so he thinks he gave you a good one, it'll serve the purpose. <laughs> okay, Jeff, you go out and tell Melville I want to see him in here. Sure, Chick. I'll bring him right in. <laughs> yeah, some idea of yours, Chick. I hope it works. <laughs> It'll work all right. If Rusty and you guys play up like I told you to. You'll put on a two-to-life show, boss. Here he is, Chick. This fellow says somebody wants to see me. Is that right? 
Huh? Who's the guy who wants to see me? I do, Melville. I see you came to the place alone tonight. So what? Can a fella come in for a few drinks if he wants to? Uh, the guy's drunk, boss. We ought to throw him out. Who's going to throw who out, huh? Who's talking to you anyway? You keep out of this, you hear? Oh, want to get tough, huh? Hey, stop shoving me. Ah, shove you if I want to, you panty waist. <laughs> you can't call me that and get away with it. Just what are you going to do about it, mama's boy? Call me names, will you? I'll show you. Take that. I'll get up and I'll give you a little... Hold on there, Melville. I'll... Rusty looks like he's hurt, Chick. Yeah, he ain't moving. Call me names, will he? Never mind that now. Hmm. Better see if Rusty's... Up there. Where he had his hand to his mouth. Blood. Hey, Chick. Uh, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll see your face. Melville. You realize what you've done? Huh? What's the matter? He's dead. You've killed him. Rusty dead? It's murder. Dead? No. But it can't be. You can see for yourself, Melville. Are you going to call the cops, Chick? It's murder, that's what it is. Yeah. He socked Rusty when he wasn't looking. We saw him do it. That isn't true. You know it isn't true. He jumped me and I hit him. But I didn't mean to kill him. I, I didn't murder him. You all saw what happened. Melville, I'm afraid you're really on a spot. Well, I guess the only thing to do is call the cops. No, no, no. Wait. It was an accident. All of you know it was, don't you? It, it was an accident, wasn't it? You didn't give Rusty a chance, as far as I could see. That's right. Well, Melville, you heard what the boys say about it. But they're not telling the truth, and you know it. If I'm arrested for murder, the disgrace will... It'll kill my father. It's too bad, fella. And don't forget, it might mean the chair for you. But there must be some way. If you fellas will only tell what really happened, how he shoved me around and, and started the fight... You better call the cops, Chick. Please, Mr. Hanley... There must be some way. I... Oh, why did I ever come here? Now, hold on, Melville. Maybe there is some way. If you cooperate. Yes. Yes, I'll do anything. Anything. Okay, then. Boys, you take care of the... the, uh, the rusty there. See that nobody gets wise. Melville, you come back in my office with me and we'll talk this over. <laughs> nah, no. Oh, why do I... Get a hold of yourself, Melville. Sit down and listen. Yes. Thanks, Mr. Hanley. That's it. Now I'll get to the point. The boys out there saw what happened. You heard what they said about it. If they said the same thing before a jury, you wouldn't have a chance. I, I suppose not. Since I told them to, they'll dispose of Rusty without anyone being the wiser. Nobody need find out that anything happened. But, uh... But... But what? But it's going to take a lot of dough to keep their mouths shut. You'll have to rake up at least ten grand by tomorrow night, Melville. Ten thousand dollars? But where would I get that much money? That's up to you. It's your trouble, not mine. I just thought I'd try to help you out, that's all. After all, I had no particular love for Rusty, but those other two were his pals. It's going to take a lot of dough to keep him from squealing. To the amount of... On a ten grand, no less. But uh, I haven't any money of my own. I get an allowance from my father. I couldn't get that much from him. Well, if you don't, it'll cost him lots more trying to save you from the chair, Melville. That's the offer. Take it or leave it. You have until midnight tomorrow night to think it over. If you don't bring ten grand here at that time, 
I'll have to report you to the cops as a man who killed Rusty. Arriving home, Lewis went to his room, filled with bitterness and despair. For some time, his confused thoughts kept him awake. But finally, he fell into a fitful sleep, though his oh. mind still dwelt upon the trouble in which he'd oh. found himself. Gotta, gotta get $10,000. Melville, do you realize what you've done? Oh. He's dead. You've killed no, him. No, no, he didn't. He didn't. Are you gonna call the cops, Chick? It's murder, that's what it is. Murder. He said it was murder. You might call the police. You heard what they said about it. They said the same thing before a jury. You wouldn't have a chance. I'll go to the chair. I wouldn't have a chance. Wouldn't have a chance. Yeah, he socked Rusty when he wasn't looking. We saw him do it. He shoved me around. I didn't hit him first. You'll have to rake up at least ten grand by tomorrow night, Melville. Ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand. I, I can't get ten thousand. I can't. Dead. You killed him. Call the cops, Chick. We saw you do it. It's murder. You killed Rusty. You killed him. You killed him. You killed him. It's murder. No! No! Oh, let me alone. I, I didn't mean to do it. I, I didn't. I didn't. Lewis. Lewis, what's the matter? I didn't, I tell you. I, I, I didn't mean to do it. Lewis, wake up. Huh? Wake up. Oh. 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 Dad. Dad. There, there now, son. <laughs> Take it easy. Everything's all right. I... Dad, I'm really in trouble. Well, whatever it is, son, we'll... We'll face it together. You were raving about something you said you you didn't mean to do. You want to tell me about it, son? Promise me, Dad. Promise me you won't tell. You've got to promise. All right, son. If you want it that way, I'll get you out of your trouble no matter what it costs me. Now go ahead and tell me all about it. following day, Britt Reed, young publisher of the Daily Sentinel, was busy in his office when a caller was announced. He looked up as his visitor entered. Well, Oliver Melville, glad to see you. Come right in. Hello, Britt. I hope I'm not interrupting any important work. Not at all. Have a seat, Oliver. Well, how's the broker's business these days? I can't complain. Britt, I guess I'd better warn you that this is not a business call. I came on a personal matter. Something wrong, Oliver? Uh, to be frank with you, Britt, something is decidedly wrong. Uh, tell me, have you heard anything about any sort of a, a killing during the past 24 hours? A killing? <laughs> what on earth makes you ask a question like that, Oliver? It's, uh, well, it's rather important for me to find out. That's why I asked. Well, to answer your question... Uh... So far as I know, there hasn't been. But you could have found that out by picking up the phone and calling police headquarters, Oliver. Say, what's this all about, anyway? Well, I, I didn't want to arouse their curiosity. That's why I didn't call headquarters. I see. But I don't mind admitting you have aroused my curiosity. Britt, my boy Lewis came home pretty well wrought up last night. He told me a rather fantastic story and made me promise not to tell anyone... Especially the police. Well, go on. He wanted $10,000, Britt, saying such a sum was necessary to keep certain persons 
from accusing him of murder. When did the supposed murder take place? Uh, sometime last night, uh, so I gathered from what Lewis told me. And that's why I asked you if you'd heard anything. If I really thought that my son had killed someone, I'd immediately call the police, regardless of the consequences. But... But you're convinced I... someone's pulling a fast one on him. Is that it? Yes, that's what I do believe. Well, why? Because the average person isn't going to implicate himself in the case of murder by accepting money to keep quiet and by helping to dispose of the body. That's why I think it's a frame-up for blackmail. I'm inclined to agree with you, Oliver. Uh, you say Lewis made you promise not to go to the police, huh? Yes. I've come to you because I know I can rely on you not to mention this matter to anyone. Though you may think that I'm acting unwisely. I'm going to keep my promise. Also, I'm going to let him have the money in marked bills. Why in marked bills if the police won't be hunting for them? Rit, I'm going to follow Lewis tonight when he goes to hand over the money. When I've convinced myself that it is blackmail, and when these who are hounding him have the marked bills in their possession, then it will be time enough to call in the police. My advice to you, Oliver, is, is to let them handle it right from the beginning. You can call headquarters no, now and see... No, no, Britt. I'm going to do it my way. And I'm counting on you not to Just interfere. Just as you say, Oliver. But I think you're hunting for more trouble. I won't mention it to anyone. Uh, thanks. Well, I won't take up any more of your time. I'll be waiting to hear how things turn out. Well, I'll let you know, Britt. If it turns out as I think it will, you'll probably hear of it through headquarters even before I get in touch with you. It was nice of you to listen to me. Goodbye, Britt. Goodbye. seems a little too serious for Oliver Melville to handle alone. Since he's foolish enough not to let the police in on it. I think perhaps it's a case that needs a little attention by the Green Hornet. We'll continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a moment. The Office of Rubber Director warns us our present tires must be made to last if we are to supply the huge military demands of an America on the attack. The manpower shortage is handicapping tire makers, just as it is every other industry. The one way to keep America's vitally needed civilian cars on war duty and at the same time supply the rubber needs of our armed forces is through strict tire conservation. Tires must be made to last for many months to come. So make sure that you drive only when necessary. And always keep under 35 miles per hour. Guard every mile of service left in your tires and have them recapped just as soon as the tread is worn smooth. America's rubber-borne transport must be kept rolling. Do your part by conserving your tires. And now back to our story. that evening, Britt Reed left the Sentinel building and went to his apartment, where Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, and the only person knowing his identity as the Green Hornet was waiting. Britt Reed told Cato about Oliver Melville's visit and of the foolish decision the man had made. You think Mr. Melville run into trouble by following son, Mr. Britt? Yes, Cato. Oliver Melville's a very determined man. 
He likes to think he can handle things alone. You plan to help, no doubt. Yes, but unlike Oliver Melville, I want to know what I'm running up against. I'd like to have a talk with young Melville before he sets out to meet the blackmailers with the money. No doubt Green Hornet frightened him into giving more information than he gave father. Right, Cato. We'll take the Black Beauty and masks and run over to the Melville place now. When Britt Reed can't act, the Green Hornet can. Let's go. Louis Melville was in his bedroom, the windows of which looked out upon the roof of a side porch. He sat on the edge of the bed with his head in his hands so that he failed to see the window raise slowly or to notice the sinister figure who silently entered. Then he looked up. What? How did you get in here? Very simple. Up over the porch roof and in the window. Are you... You're the Green Hornet. Right the first time. Why do you come here? What do you want? I came to make sure you keep your appointment tonight. With the cash. Hanley didn't say you were in with him. You can't get away with murder these days and not pay, buddy. So you know about that too, huh? Well, it wasn't murder, see? They know it was an accident. I struck in self-defense. Now I have to pay them to keep them quiet. Just so you do pay, fellow. That's all I care about. I have a cut coming from that water dough. Well, be at the roadhouse at midnight with the rest of those racketeers and you'll get your cut. Yeah, sure, I'll be there. Of, uh... Of course, you're smart enough to know this is only the first payment. Oh, so that's it, huh? You and your gang are planning to bleed me for more money later on. Well, you won't get it, you hear? I've been a fool, but I'll make you all sorry. You wait and see. Sure, I know. But you'll pay and like it. I'll be seeing you at the Hanley Roadhouse at midnight. So long, sucker. Dirty rats. I'll show them. I'll be there at midnight, all right. But I'll plan a surprise they won't expect. I'll phone the police right now. find out something, Mr. Britt? Plenty, Gato. Ever hear of Chick Hanley? Hanley, big racketeer. Owned Roadhouse on West Pike. Right. Well, he and his gang are the ones who are blackmailing young Melville. He's meeting them at the midnight with the money. You scare information out of Melville? He didn't scare so easily, Cato. In fact, he has more courage than it gives, it gives him credit for. I dogged him into phoning for the police. I heard him after he thought I'd left. What do we do, Mr. Britt? Well, right now, we'll return to the apartment. Later, we'll go to Hanley's Roadhouse, short time before midnight, to make sure young Melville's plan goes through. A short time after Britt Reed and Cato returned to the apartment, the phone rang. Miss uh, Reed's apartment? Cato! Let me speak to Reed! Uh, just a minute, Mr. Axford. Axford, huh? Hello, Mike. What's up? Reed, I'm down at Cops headquarters. Sarge just had a call from Louis Melville, son of the big shot broker. Well, what about it? Well, knowing that you know his old man and all, Reed, I thought I'd call you and tell you what the young guy said. Go on, what did he say? Reed, he said he was playing back blackmail. That he did. Said he was going to take some dough out tonight to pay off with. $10,000, no less. That's interesting. What else? Sure, and he told Sarge if he wanted to catch the Green Hornet red-handed with his gang... To come out to the Hanley Roadhouse at midnight. What do you think of that? Great guns, that is news, Mike. Sure, and that ain't all. 
Melville said when they get out there, they'll find a guy who'll confess to a killing. Ain't that something? Time will tell, Mike. Stick with Sergeant Burke and see what happens. You ought to get a good scoop out of all that for the Sentinel. Sure, that I will read. And I'll get that scoop, or me name ain't Michael Aloysius Axford, ace reporter for the Daily Sentinel. Yeah, you can say that again, Mike. Maybe somebody will believe it. You wait and see, Reed. I'll see you in the morning. So long. Goodbye. <laughs> that expert. Well, that verifies my hunch that Lewis Melville was calling the police when he went to the phone. Cato, there ought to be fireworks at Hanley's Roadhouse tonight, with us right in the middle. Later that evening, Chick Hanley was in the back room at the roadhouse with two of his henchmen. Do you think that Melville guy will bring the dough, Chick? Yeah, he'll show. Don't worry about that. Supposing he don't. What are you going to do about it, Chick? What do you think? I'm good. Hello? Oh, it's you. I've been waiting for you to call. You say you just left the house. Good. Then he must be bringing the dough out. Huh? Somebody tailing him, huh? Well, you know what to do. Yeah, yeah, run him off the road. Then you follow young Melville on out here. Yeah, that's right. And don't make a mess of the job either, see? Okay, I'll see you later. So long. What's the dope, Chick? It's a good thing I thought of having Melville's place washed just before you'd leave there. That was a tip-off that some mug's tailing Melville's car. <laughs> but that snooper will be taken care of, whoever he is. And the kid's on his way? Yep. Before long, we'll have ten grand. Lots more where that came from. <laughs> Lewis Melville. What a dope. chance with police coming here. We've taken big chances before this, Cato. Let's go. Look, Mr. Big. Car come now. Maybe it's Melville. We'll know in a minute. That's you, Cato. His father's supposed to follow him out here. He'll probably be along soon. Come on. We'll see if we can find out just where the room is in which Melville's meeting the crooks. Our pal, Lewis Melville. Come in, don't be bashful. <laughs> Bring the dough with you? Yes, I brought it. It's all here in this packet. Good, I'll just take that, Melville. Notice you came a little early, didn't you? I wanted to get this over with as soon as possible. I hope you're satisfied. Sure, we're satisfied. For the time being... Now, wait a minute. What do you mean... Now, the... look, you... I know you were trailed out here. At least you were trailed part of the way. <laughs> the guy following you has been taken care of by now. <laughs> but that means you shut up your mouth, see? You have your money. What else do you have want? Have him, fellas. Right. Let hold him. Hey, you slip right. Let me go. What's the idea? We got him, Chick. Good. Take him back into my office there and tie him up. If he did shoot off his trap to anyone and they show up here, we'll give him the work. You let me go. You're going in there like the boss said. Why, you... I had to suck him, Chick. Okay, okay. I'll get him back in my office and tie him up just like I said. If that mutt tipped off anyone where he was coming tonight, it's just too bad for him. Take him away. All right. Open the office door, will you, Chick? 
both of them. I have to carry this dope. All right, all right. Bring them along. Well, well. Going someplace? Hey, what? The Green Hornet. Hey, what are you doing in my office? Waiting for you, Hanley. I'd like to come through windows. Stop Melville and help me, boys. Grab him, grab him. Mister, take care of that sneaking hornet. Hanley, I got hold of his arm. Grab his other one, quick. Get him in a minute. Nah, he ain't so tough. Now I got it. Look, Chip. It's a bomb or something. Hey, I'm getting out of here. Oh, no, you're not, big noise. No, 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 look, Hornet. If we make a deal with you, we can... You can take this. No, 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 not that. A gas, gas gun, I can't I'm going out the one that... I don't think you want to leave. And good work. That settles these three. Evidently, Oliver Melville didn't get here. You come out quick. Police here shot. They're coming now. Rock through windows, scare crooks. Yes, we better leave. Young Melville can tell the police everything. And whatever additional facts there are, I'll learn them from Axford. At least we got here in time to save Lewis Melville. Yes, lucky for him, Green Hornet come here. We hurry now. Soon place be surrounded. Let's go on fast. Sure, Sarge. Looks like somebody got here before us. Heavens to Betsy, Iceberg. Don't I see that? Oh. And what's more, part of the gang must have got away. Oh, my head. Hey, that guy's coming too, Iceberg. Sure, and don't you know who that guy is, Sarge? Oh. That's young Melville, the guy who phoned you to come out here. So that's who he is, huh? Well, maybe now we'll find out what this is all about. Well, you got here just in time, officer. I see you got the racketeers, too. What's this all about, son? Those three men were present when another of them jumped me last night. I fought back and he... Well, I guess I hit him too hard, and anyway, they they said he was dead. Uh-huh. Tell me, what did the guy you say you killed look like? Big, husky, red-headed. It was called Rusty. He was formerly a fighter. I see. And yet you killed him with a blow. Well, it, it don't seem possible. Of course, I don't know just what I ought to do. I, I guess there's nothing to do but take you in with the rest of them to let... Uh, see what... Uh, here comes Cassidy, Sarge. Got some guys with him. Hi, Sarge. Sorry to be late. I found some trouble on the road. Oh, Dad. Lewis, my boy. Are you all right? Yes. So you're Mr. Melville, huh? Yes, Sergeant. I was following my son out here tonight when I was run off the road by that rough-looking man over there. The officer came by just in time. Come over here, you. All right. Hey, that's him, Sergeant. That's the man. What man are you talking about? He's Rusty, the man they said I killed last night. Ah, go on, you dope. You couldn't kill a fly with a tap like that. But I saw... I saw blood. Sure. A little ketchup in my hand did that. It was all a put-up job. And I'm not going to take the rap for the rest of these guys. So that was it, huh? Well, Sergeant, you can take all these men in for blackmail. The evidence is in Hanley's pocket in marked bills. Blackmail for murder, huh? Only the corpse wasn't even dead. Huh? <laughs> well, how could he be a corpse if it wasn't dead, I'd like to know. Sarge, you get dumber every day. That you do. And you let the hornet get away. Say, that's right. The hornet was supposed to be here tonight. Don't worry, son. He was here all right. It was him who laid all these crooks low. Probably fighting over the door. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. Yeah, here it is in Hanley's pocket. See what I mean? We scared him off before he got any of it and before he could do you further harm. My friend Britt Reed of the Sentinel warned me I'd run into trouble out here if I followed my son. He wanted me to call the police, but I wouldn't. Your son called us. Good for you, Lewis. Britt Reed was right. Imagine me and my son getting mixed up with the Green Hornet. <laughs> Hornet implicated. Read all about it. Green Hornet still at large. 
Our men in the Pacific are doing a bang-up job of blasting the Japs, but the battle is far from won. Not even our military and naval leaders know how long it will take to crush the huge Jap armies in the Philippines, in China, and on the enemy mainland. The Navy is still on the increase from the standpoint of men, ships, planes, and ammunition, and production schedules must be met if our battle schedules are to be maintained. The Navy is counting on every American worker to continue to give his utmost until final victory. Keep on backing up the men who fight our battles by producing the equipment they need. Remember, you can help to win the war sooner by staying on the job until the end. Be sure to listen to The Green Hornet next week at this same time. These copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents are fictitious. Bob Height speaking. This is the Blue Network.